All right, let's see how this goes. This advises that the number you have dialed was incomplete or incorrect. Please check the number and dial again. Oh. 02 L. Howdy. Episode 7 of the Andy Social Podcast. It was not meant to be episode 7. Uh, I had another one planned and ready to go, but I uh, decided to jump in and throw this one into the mix. Uh, I've got a got a cool guest today and one that sort of popped up at the last minute and I jumped on board with that, so I'll uh, explain a bit more soon. But this is the first episode where it's actually... Well, the first episode since the podcast is actually officially launched. So uh, as of today, we're five episodes in. The fifth one went up a couple of days ago. And to be honest, the feedback's been really cool. Uh, it's been it's been really positive. I've actually had no negative feedback at all. I've had some tips and tricks with, with some audio, um, ways to improve the audio. A lot of it going over my head, of course, because I'm a bit of a tech retard so to speak which i'm not too worried about at this point in time i've taken taken the feedback on board which is great but um i think from the the goal at the moment or the the uh, the mission is just to get as many episodes out and get get into the the groove of putting together episodes and and enjoying that and, and building that momentum and and over time I'll, I'll learn more techniques and and ways of refining uh, each episode and making it sound a bit slicker each time. But I kind of like the rawness of it as well. Um, I guess the main thing is to ensure that it's pleasant on the ears and it's not uh, it's not uncomfortable in any way. Uh, so if for whatever reason you do feel that there's uh, levels of discomfort listening to the podcast, excluding content, <laughs> let, me, let me know. And uh, I'll do my best to make sure that the quality continues to improve. Um, but apart from that, there's been no negative uh, feedback whatsoever, which might indicate that maybe I just need more listeners. Maybe uh, you really only get, well, any negative feedback once you hit a certain level of popularity and maybe I just need to reach that uh, that next level. So when uh, the haters do roll in and start uh, hanging shit on what I do, then I'll know that I'm I'm doing great things. So fingers crossed uh, the haters haters come in soon. Uh, to keep in theme with uh, episode six, uh, I'm going to continue putting in uh, fake sponsors for the episodes due to the fact that I'm uh, not, well, I can't warrant actually having any sponsors on the show as of yet. Uh, maybe one day down the track uh, if this thing actually becomes something uh, bigger than what it is now. So... As I said, uh, to keep in theme, this episode, episode seven, is not brought to you by my replica Tokyo Giants baseball that I got a few years ago when I visited Japan with my now fiance. And we saw the Tokyo Giants play at Tokyo Dome. And I've got to be honest, I know absolutely nothing about baseball whatsoever. Never really been a baseball fan. I've tried to watch it on TV um, and it sort of just goes over my head and is pretty boring to watch. Uh, I'm sure there's, especially for my American friends that are listening in, they're probably cursing me right now as, as they listen to me say that. I guess from from an Australian point of view, baseball is definitely not big here whatsoever. We do have, I believe, some Australians that play in the major league or at least one or two. I don't know. I've got no idea. But I know we've got some very small minor leagues here in Australia. But uh, for the most part, it's virtually unknown and uh, something that's associated with other countries. And 
Given that I've uh, been to Japan quite a few times over the years now, I've been very lucky to do that as a tourist and as a performer as well with with the band. I've I've just been very lucky to to be able to experience many parts of the culture and baseball seems to be a part of Japanese culture that they've certainly embraced over the years uh, as the country has become more and more westernized and uh, it's very much or probably one of the most popular sports in Japan. It's huge and uh, the opportunity and I, I, I tried to do this the last couple of times. I've been to Japan um, on my own or, or you know on holiday with, with my fiance but um, I've always tried to, to look for different things that I normally wouldn't do at home just to experience uh, something different in another country. And to see some sporting matches has been a really cool, uh, really cool eye opener and a cool experience, especially in a in a country that's so different like Japan is to to Australia. I've I've been to a basketball game, which was really cool. I've also gone to a sumo tournament which was really really awesome down at Fukuoka and um, and yeah so when uh, when I last went over for a holiday uh, the opportunity came up to go and see the Giants play at Tokyo Dome and uh, Tokyo Dome is one of those one of those places that's uh, it's a landmark it's it's one of those famous arenas globally where a lot of uh, famous bands have played and a lot of uh, my favorite rock albums um, have been recorded in um, along with you know Budokan as well, but uh, Tokyo Dome is just one of those really cool monster arenas. Uh, that's um, well, stadiums I should say. Although I don't, what's the difference between an arena and a stadium? Is there a difference between it? Oh, I might have to look that one up because um, I don't know. Maybe it's just depending on where you come from, you, you can give it a different title. Anyway, um, I'm going off track. You went and saw them play um, another Tokyo team, which I cannot remember, and they lost. So who cares? Um, the, the game itself was amazing. Uh, it was absolutely packed. Um, we all got like a uh, like a, a souvenir jersey when we came in. Everyone got one for free. For it marked some some sort of occasion that I had no idea what was going on, but it was a free jersey, which was cool. And they had an awesome merchandise shop where I got this baseball and a bunch of other stupid stuff that. Um, is collecting dust in my in my apartment here. The game itself was cool, and I guess it's I guess it's like a lot of sports, and I can definitely relate to this in Australia with uh, sports such as cricket. Um, if you watch it on TV, it's uh, you know you can only watch so much of it before you start to zone out. I'm not talking on behalf of everybody, but at least for myself, and I know a few other people definitely feel the same. But if you're there and you're in the stands and and you have the atmosphere and the crowd and 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 the beer definitely helps. <laughs> um, it definitely makes the the whole experience very interesting and engaging, and and it's definitely not a boring uh, boring time being there. So the the whole night went really quickly. I tried to get my head around how the game was working. I started to follow it little bits and pieces, but um, overall didn't really understand what the hell was going on. But um, Thoroughly enjoyed it. We were actually in the opposition stands with uh, with the other Tokyo teams fans, and they had uh, they had trumpets and and drums and all sorts of things. And they were it was it was actually pretty funny because to, towards the start, everyone was very quiet before the game started, and people were excited but pretty reserved and and very stereotypical of of what I was expected the Japanese crowd to be. And um, you know, the game started and people started getting into it and. And they had their little chants and, and uh, they had, you know, the trumpets and everything playing and they had these songs and whatever that they were singing. But as the game progressed and more and more beer got consumed, 
especially in the opposition stand, all these fans were getting more and more rowdy and because their team was losing, they started to get more and more agitated and angry and and disgruntled and it was quite comical because they were just starting to fall over each other and and uh, and carry on and they were playing their instruments and drumming louder and it was just it was a really really funny area to be in a situation to be in it was really cool just to see uh, just to see these Japanese baseball fans really letting loose and, and having a great time despite their team <laughs> despite their team losing um, and one of the coolest things which I mean for me it is given that I'm a huge beer lover um, is that most sporting matches you usually have to get up and uh, back behind the stands to a, a bar or a kiosk or something like that to, to get your drinks. But at least in Tokyo, Dome, this is the first place I've ever seen it. On every aisle, there's several uh, small Japanese girls that run up and down the aisles and they've got these giant beer kegs on their back. And when I'm talking about giant, you could... Sh- the girls could easily fit inside these kegs. They were almost they were almost taller than them. And attached to the kegs, they had a hose with a nozzle on it. And the keg was branded by whatever beer it was. So you would have Asahi, Kirin, Suntory, all these great Japanese beers um, on these on the backs of all these small Japanese girls running up and down the the aisles of the stadium and when you looked across the entire stadium and you could see the all the aisles you could just see these little specks running up and down the aisles and it looked like ants because the stadium's just absolutely ginormous it's, it's huge and um for me it was amazing i was in heaven i i, I was in this unique setting a, a place that i just never thought i'd ever ever visit and uh to see a sporting match that i'd never seen before i'd never been to a baseball game let alone one in Japan. And then to have beer served to me while I'm sitting down and being able to uh, select the type of beer as as the girls were running past was amazing. So all you would do is they would, uh, they would give you a plastic cup and they would get their nozzle out and fill up the beer into the beer cup. You would give them, I think it was equivalent to probably about $6 a cup and the cups were probably about, I don't know, four or 500 mils. So they weren't tiny cups, they were pretty decent. So um, it was it was great. So your only challenge or, or um, problem would be uh, when it is time to go to the toilet and having to get up. But apart from that, you're pretty much set. And they had the other, the other vendors running up and down the aisles with food, like, you know, junk food and, and whatever but um the beer the beer uh the beer girls were amazing it was really cool i was i was just in absolute heaven it was it was amazing so anyway this episode is not brought to you by my tokyo giants replica baseball i'll take a photo and put it up on the facebook page in case anybody is uh mildly interested in that but um i found that on the shelf and figured it was uh an appropriate uh little fake sponsor for the show and uh, we'll have to have a look and see what else, what other useless object I can put on for episode eight when that airs. So anyway, moving along. So this is actually the first international guest that I've that I've had, um, and I've got this cool new device that I'm trying to work out. I actually bought this uh, Zoom H5 recorder, which is amazing. It's really cool, and I'm still trying to get my head around how it all works and the best way to use it, and um, still trying to get through the troubleshooting of having it recognized by Skype, and I've gone through all this 
tech headache of uh, troubleshooting to see why it's not picking up my external mic. But uh, anyway, we'll we'll uh, we'll continue to slave away at that. But uh, the other cool thing with it is I can plug external mics into it, which I'm doing right now, and I'm also able to record phone conversations uh, just plugging a line out lead straight into my iPhone and making phone calls through there. So for those people that I can't meet up with or don't have Skype or just don't want to use it, uh, I can I can still use the phone. So for this particular one, I made an international phone call to India, of all places, uh, and the guest for this episode is a guy that I've known for quite a few years by the name of Riju, and uh, surname is Dasgupta, and I'm sure I have totally pronounced that surname wrong. So apologies in advance, and I'm sure for all of my Indian friends that are listening now, you're probably all having a good laugh at that. Uh, but Riju is uh, is a really cool guy, um, and as I said, I've known him for a few years now and plays bass in a metal band from Mumbai called Albatross. Albatross has been around for roughly five years now and started off as being a very uh, very King Diamond influenced band and um, have progressed quite considerably since then and have released a new album now called Fear of the Skies. Very hard to describe their music now, but uh, I can still hear bits of the uh, sort of the King Diamond elements to the music, but uh, it's very eclectic. There's lots of different styles all meshed in together. And I think for, for a progressive metal fan, they probably really dig it. But I think everyone should at least give it a shot. And I'll put a I'll put a link to a track in, in the show notes so you can check it out to, as well as everything else that uh, that we discuss uh, in this episode. Albatross actually came out to Australia a few years ago. I helped them uh, put on a few shows in Melbourne, Sydney and Wollongong. They had a very short period of time, just a weekend to be here in Australia. So I helped them out and put, put these shows on and, uh, and look for a for one of the first uh, Indian metal bands to tour Australia, they, they did pretty well and, and I've definitely made some lifelong friends from, from those guys in the band. So it was cool. I was actually speaking to Riju uh, online just just before uh, this, epi- this episode was recorded and I actually had the intention of recording this uh, over the coming weeks and we just started talking and realised that uh, he was pretty much ready to go. So I frantically scribbled down some notes and some things to talk about. But for the most part, we just... We just ran with it, as uh, as I think is going to be a common theme with uh, with all these episodes. It's more of a, a casual discussion and and just sort of shoot the shit and and see which direction it goes. Just a massive disclaimer for my non-Indian listening friends: Riju has the thickest accent around. So if you're from the western parts of the world just take your time with it and uh, don't get disgruntled if uh, you're struggling with his accent you'll be amazed at how quickly you can pick it up after you just give it a few minutes of of listening in Uh, before you know it you 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 will hear him very clearly Um, and that's just getting familiar with with the accent hopefully the quality is not too bad Um, as i record this intro um, i'm in the process of sending all the files over to uh, my audio extraordinaire to clean up, pretty up for me. Um, so hopefully it comes out all right. Um, the line was a little bit faint. Um, my end should be reasonably good, but uh, because uh, on the other end, uh, Riju was using his phone, the quality may not be as great, but I think it should be should be pretty good. So as, as said before, please give me some feedback. Let me know what you think, and, uh, and I'll continue to look of ways of improving as we go down the track. I'll provide all the links and show notes and everything uh, 
on the website. So that's andysocial.net. Um, and I'll also just make mention of some links at the end of this episode as well. Um, but yeah, look, I really hope you enjoy it. Um, as I said, be patient, have a, just give him a few minutes. And uh, as I said, you'll be amazed at uh, how clear everything becomes when uh, when you give your, your brain a little bit of time just to digest uh, the difference in accent. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really fun, uh, fun episode. Um, it was great. It's the first time I've been able to actually verbally speak to him since uh, they were over here and, and did their tour. So it was really cool just to have a chat um, over the line and just talk about a whole range of things, everything from from his music to, uh, <laughs> to, to um, you know, Indian gods and, and the metal scene and, and different places to visit. So it's, uh, it's cool. If you're fascinated with India or just a, if you're a metal fan, you want to hear what uh, a metal head from India is all about and, and the things that they like, and you'll be very surprised that uh, they do like very similar things to us as well. Uh, but have a listen to it and uh, please get in contact with Riju um, through all the links that I'll post and, and provide at the end of the episode. Let him know what you think, um, pass on those good vibes. And yeah, we'll, uh, we'll speak soon. Thank you. Enjoy. All right, let's see how this goes. I'm going to try and uh, call India for the first time. Let's see if I uh, can do this properly or fail miserably. (laughs) That's a long number. Hello. I just heard King Diamond before you answered. Yeah, I, uh, it is my uh, caller tune. <laughs> Do you want to call me again and listen to the whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's okay. I was waiting for a, a ringtone and then I heard King Diamond. like, oh, this is great. Fantastic. Oh, is that Merciful Fate? <laughs> oh, that was cool. That's very cool. How are you going? It's awesome. Uh, so I'm... Um, I, I was at work until came <laughs> back, but I've just like sent them a message saying that I won't be working for the next hour. So what did you finish? Did uh, you just come home early? Uh, no, so I work from home. Uh, I'm a uh, part-time uh, freelance content writer. Okay. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> I was just finishing a few assignments, and today doesn't seem like a busy day. So. It's like the perfect opportunity to do this. How's it going, man? It's been ages. It's, it's been a long time since I've heard your voice. Absolutely, and likewise. Very cool, very cool. Well, look, I um, as I said before, I'll, I won't make this a formal interview. I just thought we'd have a chat. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people in Australia who you would have met uh, when you guys toured out here a few years ago uh, that are probably very <laughs> curious about uh, India and and the metal scene there and, and all the things that are happening now with Albatross and uh, New Bend as well. But I thought um, I'm going to ask some very silly questions because I know these answers already, but I'm going to ask them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, so, cool. Uh, Before you start, I mean, let me just tell you that I heard the Lord album and so far it's my favourite album this year. It's been, it's better than anything I've heard and Iron Maiden and Queen's like included. Oh, better than Iron Maiden. 
I mean, it wasn't their best effort either. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all said it. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't a hard I, one to beat. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, we still have the Sherman Denner album coming out later this year, so I mean, that is going to be the one to beat. Yeah. But so far, I mean, especially the twenty-five uh, minute song, that was something else. Oh, great! That was brilliant. <laughs> well, thank you very much. It's uh. <laughs> It's a big fan, anyway. Andy Dowling. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. No, it's it's gone it's gone very well for us so far. So hopefully it uh, it leads us to other parts of the world. Fingers crossed, so including India. I hope that we can get there sometime soon. So I'll uh, I'll have to ask you a few questions about touring there soon. Absolutely. So over here in Sydney, it's uh, eight thirty at night. So what time is it there in okay. India? So it's. Uh it's 4.07 in the afternoon. And you're in Mumbai, is that right? I am in Mumbai, yes. It is on the western coast of India. Um, I mean, it's pretty much the Sydney of India. I mean, if you uh, go to uh, look at it, because, I mean, it's not the capital, but it's probably the most, uh, I mean, how do I put this, the most cosmopolitan city in the country. And, and do you have your own opera house? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, you can call them that. <laughs> I, have you always lived in Mumbai? Uh, I am originally from the eastern uh, part of uh, India, which is uh, a place called Bengal in India. And so is Bipro, the other guy who sings, I mean, the vocalist of Albatross. Hmm. We are we're basically from the eastern coast of India, but like our families moved here a long time ago. And uh, we have practically lived here all our lives. And I mean, uh, the funny thing about Bombay is because it's, the most cosmopolitan city. Uh, none of the guys in either of my bands, I mean, nobody's like really from uh, Bombay. Like nobody's a resident of Bombay. Nobody was like born and brought up here. Everybody's moved here. So it's a popular place to, to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is where, uh, I mean, a lot of us are in uh, the media line in uh, India. And this is where most of the advertising houses and all the, uh, like, journalism agencies and everything, everything is pretty much based here. So all the newspapers, all the radio stations and everything. Uh, I mean, this is the primary media hub of the country. And a lot of people from the, uh, what do you call it, the Indian metal scene are, uh, I mean, their day jobs are in the media. Oh, okay, right. So if uh, if I wanted to become uh, a Brett Lee in India, I would have to come, uh, <laughs> come there first and, and try and uh, make a name for myself. Yeah, we've been working on uh, bringing Lord here for the last two years, but something has uh, not materialized so far. I'm sure it will in the future. And I'm sure. I'm sure if we get Brett Lee to play guitar in the band instead of Mark, then it might make it. <laughs> it might make it a lot easier. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, what was the first? music that you ever listened to when you were a kid was it was it metal music or was it something else um so basically uh india i mean everybody knows about bollywood mm. but uh the funny thing about india is that i mean uh, you have different regions in the country and each one of them has its own language so i mean growing up in a bengali household i was exposed to a lot of bengali music which i hated so <laughs> i <laughs> Practically hated music for the first 15 years of my life. Like when I turned 15, I think uh, one of my neighbors came to me and he said, Oh, check this band out. They're called Rainbow. 
and I told them, and I'm like, wow, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And sorry, that was Rainbow. So, yes, Rainbow was uh, uh, Rainbow was the first real hard uh, rock heavy metal album, like uh, band that I ever discovered. And Stranger in Us All was the first album that ah, I cool. ever purchased. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. So it you never looked back after that. No, looking back uh, back after that, uh, and uh, uh, I mean, uh, over the course of time, I've discovered a lot of music. I mean, uh, ever since I got into uh, Rainbow and Maiden and Priest, I uh, have I, I love listening to uh, more traditional forms of music and discovering new tra- uh, forms of music. So I remember early on, uh, like one of the first bands that I discovered was Pegasus from Australia. Okay, yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I, and I, I think the Wings of Steel album, uh, that is what it was called, uh, it was quite popular in India at one point in time because I had, I was discussing the album with a lot of my friends. I picked it up from a music store and it was like, it completely blew my mind. And uh, I mean, that uh, I, 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 it introduced me to uh, more music in Australia beyond ACDC and, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Airborne and... The likes. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I know that um, that Pegasus album was very popular for them, especially in Europe. But uh, I had no idea that anybody in India knew who they were or or was exposed to them at the time. So that's that's really cool. Oh, it's still a very small community. Uh, I mean, I'd be honest. Uh, most of India, like most of the world, they prefer metalcore and uh, death metal. And traditional uh, and uh, traditional metal or heavy metal or power metal has a very small kind of fan base uh, in India. But uh, I mean, the uh, small community that does follow this kind of music is very much involved in uh, uh, discovering new bands. And uh, I mean, Pegasus was uh, this particular album by Pegasus is uh, quite uh, popular among them. I I I think Lord has had. Uh, I mean, uh, you guys have a pretty strong fan base in India right now. Thanks to you. <laughs> Thanks to your music, primarily. <laughs> but, but, but I've seen a lot of people, I, I mean, I have uh, spoken to a lot of people who have heard Set in Stone primarily. I think that was, uh, was that the album which like uh, brought you guys on the, I mean, made you guys uh, popular worldwide? Uh, yeah, that was that was probably the, the, the first album as Lord where we... Really, yeah, I guess so. I guess we we had a lot more exposure internationally. the The album before it uh, didn't. I think we we're still trying to convince people uh, with the album beforehand. I think we we're trying to prove ourselves or prove it, prove to other people what we were doing. And Set in Stone was um, was an album that just got us a lot more attention. So yeah, it was a uh, it was a good one. And I think it definitely helped when I sent a, a lot of promo CDs to India and Sri Lanka. <laughs> so I think a lot of people in India have got uh, copies of Set in Stone, which is great. Yeah, so uh, I mean, uh, I think that was the album which also had the Kylie Minogue cover, wasn't it? Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's definitely helped us. I, I mean, that becomes for a lot of people to discover the music and, and uh, I mean, get into the the actual songs later on. I guess. Yeah, so, yeah, and that, pretty good marketing tool. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was the plan. It was it was it brought a lot of new people in out of curiosity. 
everyone was curious and when they heard the song then they decided to listen to a couple of other songs and and for a lot of people they got they got hooked after that and it uh it worked very well for us for and even now we still play a lot of shows and people keep yelling out for us to play play that song and we're like ah no nah, we it's <laughs> we've played it too much <laughs> but if we if we come to if we come to india we may we might have to play it just to uh we like playing it because it annoys a lot of metal heads because uh, a lot of a lot of metal fans are too serious so when we play Kylie Minogue uh, live, uh, you can see a lot of metal fans in the crowd like uh, look look very angry and, and annoyed <laughs> that we're playing it. So so we love playing it for that reason. <laughs> That's to piss some people off. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that is also very metal. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I guess yeah, definitely, definitely. And. Um, I just I saw on on Facebook uh, yesterday or the day before that it's uh, the fifth year anniversary of Albatross, or at least the first release in your first show. Yes, it is. I mean, yesterday was the fifth year anniversary of uh, our first EP, which is Dinner Is You, which was our first uh, release as a band. Albatross had existed before that, and I mean, it was primarily my solo project at that time, and the idea was. Uh, I mean, I to uh, make a lot of uh, make different songs with different people, and that clearly wasn't working. So I found some people who were into the same kind of music, and we started Albatross. So our our first ever gig was uh, I mean exactly five years ago, and we uh, opened for a band from Dubai called uh, Nerve Cell. Right. Yeah. And I believe, yeah, I. I believe the drummer of uh, Love Cell is Australian, uh, Louis Rando. Yeah, Louis, yep. Yeah, If he's you... uh, from Perth. He's uh, very... That that guy plays in a million bands. <laughs> he just... He never stops. <laughs> it's it's very impressive, but a great guy. Very cool guy. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I had uh, spoken to him when he was down. Yeah, absolutely cool guy. And uh, I mean, that was the first ever gig. And uh, I mean, it's been five years since and several lineup changes later. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and uh, you've definitely you've definitely done a lot in in the five years, including coming uh, all the way to Australia as well and doing some shows here. And the funny thing is, uh, this year after we released our uh, first full length album or and or third release, uh, the thing is, we uh, toured a lot of places in India that we hadn't visited uh, before, including I mean, you know, the bigger cities like Calcutta and Delhi. Mm. Uh, so we have actually seen more of Australia than we have of India. <laughs> so I mean, it's been brilliant, and thank you for getting us to Australia. I mean, that was one of the best experiences of our short career so far. Oh, my pleasure! It was uh, it was very cool to to be able to make it happen and, and help and help you guys out, and it was a it was a lot of fun just uh, in the short short time that we had together when you were here but uh, hopefully hopefully it won't be the last time uh, hopefully not the last time indeed I mean uh, I'm sure in the future we uh, can uh, make something happen again mm-hmm. I wish in the future uh, visa regulations are uh, not as strict as they generally and we can uh, keep coming and uh, likewise a lot of bands from Australia especially Lord come here and it becomes like a touring circuit every time there's a new release yeah definitely I think for for us uh, when we next look to go to Europe or through Asia or or even to the US we will 
look to to include India because it it'll make it a lot easier to to stop in on the way or on the way back uh, instead of just flying to India and then back to Australia afterwards. It's something that we've been thinking about for a long time, and I know we've been discussing it <laughs> for a long time now. So we'll uh, we'll see what for happens. For the last uh, three years, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, we've been speaking to various uh, promoters who have all disappeared <laughs> in the course of <laughs> like after promising to show us in India. So I mean, I'll ensure this time there's a reliable promoter who comes on. Oh, I'm I'm still <laughs> waiting for that promoter who will keep talking to me after two two or three weeks because <laughs> they usually they're, they're very uh, they love to have a very good chat for a long time uh, for the first couple of weeks and then after that it's uh, it's very hard to, to talk to them after that so they disappear <laughs> so hopefully we'll we'll find the right people soon but uh, I think if we are going to Europe or, or Asia or the United States, we can, it'll be easier for us to stop, even if it's just for one show, to stop in a capital city in India, if it's Mumbai, and and, uh, and then just do a local club show, just a one show, and then keep keep going after that. And even just to, just as a first trial uh, to see what India is all about, so I think that'd be really cool. So I don't think that'll be too hard. We'll, we'll see how we go. I'm sure it'll happen in the future. I mean, uh, the world is slowly opening up and you guys have been i think you guys have visited malaysia before right yes yeah i think india and like from what i remember discussing i mean malaysia loved you i'm guessing india will also be as appreciative and you guys will have a brilliant show the next time you guys travel so yeah and we met uh when we were in malaysia and singapore we met a lot of uh, people that had moved to both countries from India who were metal fans. And uh, it was it was very interesting because they, they knew who we were and it it appeared to be because of uh, webzines and media in India that they knew about our band, which was really cool. So uh, even though we weren't in India, we were, it was still uh, helping us in, in other parts of the world. So, uh, so here's a funny story. We just uh, played in Delhi uh uh, some time back and uh, I, I mean uh, you have sent me some uh, lot CDs to give out as promos yep. with uh, whoever uh, buys an albatross pack so I mean there was this guy who uh, purchased our uh, albatross album and so I'm like so you get this for free and he's like oh lord uh, I already have this <laughs> <laughs> so I mean <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, he's, I, I think he's the same guy who met you in Singapore. Ah, oh, okay, cool. I was going to say, I have no idea how he got that CD, yeah. but <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> oh, so yeah, Lord a- is making waves around the way. Do you know that person? Uh, I do know the person, uh, Ishan Kumar yeah. from uh, Ish- Ishan. India. Yeah, yeah, I thought it might have been Ishan. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, yeah, so he, he runs a, a web scene as well. Uh, yeah, he's part of a webzine called Headbangers India and uh, I mean, uh, uh, before I ever met you, I saw your interview there. So oh, okay. That was well, pretty cool. Ah, okay. So <laughs> it, it's a small world. Indeed. <laughs> Cool. Well, look, um, you're, you've got a new album out now, a new Albatross album, uh, Fear of the Skies. And um, I've got to admit, there's two things I was really impressed about. One was the artwork, mm-hmm. straight away. The artwork's right. just really, really cool and very different and, and just very fresh uh, compared to a lot of other metal bands. And it goes so well with the music because the music's very different as well. And that was the second thing that I was really impressed about because I... 
I've got your your two other releases, Dinner Is You and The Kissing Flies. And, right. But, and I've seen you play live a couple of times now, which is really cool. Three times, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And when, yeah. I, when I played this, um, this new album, I was... I was blown away. I just was not expecting it. It's very, um, I don't know if you know the word eclectic, uh, very, it's very, un, it's very unusual sound that you have. It's very different. Absolutely. I, I mean, um, firstly, thank you for everything that you just said. One of the things that we have consciously tried as Albatross is not to confine ourselves to a particular genre. That's why uh, we call ourselves, a lot of people call us, uh, say, uh, progressive metal, some people call us power metal, but uh, we choose to stay away from those tags and what we call ourselves is horror metal, which means nothing except uh, we play what we want, which includes everything from heavy metal to thrash metal to power metal. There are some uh, highly progressive elements uh, in, in the music as well. And uh, King Diamond said this, uh, that he was asked what kind of music do you play. He said uh, the difference between Merciful Fate is uh, Merciful Fate has a, a, a distinct sound. But with King Diamond, I write a story and uh, we play whatever is needed to tell the story, which I think is also the case with Albatross. And that is why we consciously try to make this really sound more uh, different yeah, the other. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so, really cool. It's very cool. Like it's um I I was trying to listen to the album and try and pick all the different influences like what the different bands that you sound like and it's just it's really hard now because I think the first EP it was very much I I heard a lot of King Diamond in it of course and and you had uh, Andy Lorock uh did he mix the album or master the album? Uh, the, uh, the EP. This one, no. This one, uh, the EP. Yes. Yeah, the he EP had did. It. Yeah, but you could hear a lot of King Diamond influence in that first EP that you released, and now there you can still hear that. But there's just so much more that's happening now. There's so many different styles and everything in there. What What are the um? Are there Are there particular bands that that you all uh, that, that were big influences on the new album? So the funny thing about uh, Albatross is that uh, if you put all of us in the car together and if we had to all pick one band that we would enjoy in the car, we wouldn't be able to because we all have very different influences. <laughs> uh, so I... <laughs> so... Uh, I, I like uh, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, UK, uh, European and American power metal and Australian uh, Australian melodic metal, of course. I enjoy uh, a lot of shred in the music. I like high-pitched vocals, uh, stuff like that. The others are very different. For example, uh, I, uh, the biggest difference between this album and the others is that we have three guitarists now on board. Mm, and yeah, that just, that. Uh, yeah, and what that does is, I mean, it, give, it gives us a world of possibilities. I mean, without uh, beating our own drum, both the guitarists uh, who are part of Albatross, they're quite good technically. And the third guy adds a whole new dimension. So, I mean, we are not limited by just two guitars in the band. We have three guitars and all of them play lead. So, I mean, it's not like one rhythm guitarist and one lead guitarist. There are three lead guitarists in the band. So, I mean, while I am into a lot of a lot more... Uh, 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 of these uh, bands uh, our vocalist Bipro 
He's influenced by a lot of uh, music which is not metal per se. So everything from Queen to I mean I I think he also listens to some Bollywood honestly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and the other guys I I mean uh, most of them they're into uh, I initiated into a lot of Nevermore and uh, he listens to this he listens to a lot of shred guitar basically. Mm. Uh, Vignesh I mean his world revolves around death. then um, uh, there is um, varun the new guy he's a uh, how exactly do i put this <laughs> he's a flat child so he's like uh, stuck in the whole woodstock 69 era <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that would that would bring a, a very different element to the band Absolutely, and, and the and the good thing about this is, suppose uh, I, I mean, Vignesh comes up with a guitar idea which is a little progressive in nature. I make somebody else solo over it, so I mean that just gives it uh, gives it its own touch. All three of them have uh, different styles, and uh, so if somebody writes the writes a riff which belongs to a certain style, and you make somebody else who has a different soloing style solo over it it just like makes the whole band sound killer that's cool That's really cool. Awesome. And um I clearly haven't been paying attention but you've got a new band as well, Primitive? I do have a new band. I mean we've been around for a while but uh what has happened is that uh, we uh, haven't really I mean it's not uh, as focused as Albatross right now. until recently we've been around for the last 3 years honestly and uh, what we do is we uh, play a lot of uh, stoner doom uh, influenced metal with harsh vocals uh, and uh, the lyrics are all rooted in fantasy so again that makes for a very uh, weird bastard child it's, of it's an interesting mix influences. and what what sort of ba- what sort of bands <laughs> does it sound like uh, what sort of bands are the main influences I mean uh, again we have not tried to confine ourselves to a particular sound but the I, I would say it sounds like black sabbath with uh, growled vocals maybe okay cool so i'll have to after uh, sorry sorry go on oh i was just going to say i'll have to check it out i haven't heard any of it yet so um but it sounds really cool i like a lot of um i like a lot of that old it's very Oh, well, I, I guess that old school Sabbath sound, but the very 70s sludgy rock doom sound. And I guess even like a Candlemass kind of sound to a degree. Would it would it sort of have a little bit of a Candlemass sound? Like as far as the, the music goes? Uh, I, I would say it has uh, evolved from the Sabbath sound. I mean, uh, Sabbath riffs are what come to you when you're first jamming. Uh, naturally i would guess <laughs> because i mean yeah uh, and I, i mean as we are evolving we are reaching the candlemas kind of sound uh, and it's also gone into i mean the, the other guys in the band they are all uh, big death metal fans so there are certain death metal elements also which are in the music i mean that's the first for me also <laughs> because i'm not used to you know growled vocals and beats in the music and while uh, i mean it's not really all over the place there are certain sections which have these elements so it's uh, in, uh, it's interesting once again we don't call ourselves uh, uh, doom metal or death metal or stoner sludge metal what we do is we call ourselves uh, stone age metal which gives us the authority to write whatever we want to like <laughs> until we cover our own sound i like that so you yeah, you create but, your own genre 
yes we do <laughs> and uh, that's the uh, that, that's what i like about lord as well i mean there are so many influences in that uh, 25 minutes song the from the new album there are certain parts which sounds almost black metal right yeah i mean why uh, inhibit yourself to a certain kind of sound when i mean the whole world is open in front of you i mean, i know there are certain places i would not go with the music like i will not make it sound like uh linkin park but <laughs> at the same time imposing boundaries on yourself might also uh, prove to be detrimental <laughs> yeah it's um i think i think for us it's we're very 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 similar to how you guys are in albatross we we all love different styles of music and um i think for us we can we can throw all these different styles of music together and as long as it comes out sounding like lord and it's got our mm. our sound our production then that's what we want it's uh you know and we can have a we can have a hard rock song we can have a a melodic death metal song we can have a thrash metal song we can have a flower power metal song like like it's something out of straight out of the middle of italy or we can have like a us power metal song we can have all these different types of songs and then and in some cases like that uh, like the 25 minute track uh, what tomorrow brings we can have all these different elements all these different genres all in the one song and and make it flow as best it can so it does still sound like one complete song and doesn't sound like it's all over the place but um, i think it's good i i like i like the idea of bands not being confined to one sound and having to play a particular style of music i think if that's all you like and you only like one style of music then that's fine but i don't think that a band should have to stay one particular style just to make other people happy so i think that's really cool that both of your bands are have still got have both got that same vision same mentality that you both you're both willing to push the boundaries and create what you what you enjoy and uh, you bring out a very uh, important point which is we do it around i, I would like to experiment but you do it around the lot template Mm. there is a particular uh, sound for albatross and primitive both uh, like both the bands have a very definitive sound but uh, we like to experiment within the boundaries of that and because your fans come to expect a certain kind of sound from you and uh, like if you stay too far away it might just but uh, you know we a very it might not be fair to them either yeah yeah and i think for for us we if we have something that's very 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 different to what the lord sound is or as you said the lord template then that's when we have side projects and we have other music things that we record under a different name uh, so that people have a chance to to release music and be creative and and put things out that might not fit in that in that mold in that template of the, of what lord is so it's uh i completely agree it's uh, it's great to to have the the diversity and have lots of different elements and and be open and and flexible but uh it's it's very smart to to keep it within a certain a certain type of sound that uh that the majority of your fans can be uh that can appreciate. I mean, we still have a lot of people that will buy one of our albums and they'll like there might be 10 songs on an album and they might like five of them and the mm-hmm. other five they hate. Right. And we get a lot of people that go, "Oh, I don't like those songs where you've got the harsh vocals." And then we've got other people that like the songs with the harsh vocals but hate the songs where Tim actually sings. And so and sometimes you get 
initially, especially for me, I got a bit offended when people go, oh, I don't like this particular song or that song or whatever. And straight away I was like, oh, well, fuck you. Like you're saying you don't like like our music. What are you on about? But then you realise that because we're playing a lot of different elements and different styles within our, our sound that you can't expect everybody to like absolutely everything that you do. And I think if someone likes... a you know, a number of songs off your album, then you're still, you know, you're still in a pretty good spot. We always release an album or an EP now, and we know that, you know, there will be a, a core group of fans that will love everything. And then there'll be a lot of casual mm-hmm. fans that will like some songs and then they won't like other songs. But that's, that's fine. As long as they, as long as they keep buying CDs, then I'll be happy. <laughs> Which is the biggest problem every band <laughs> <laughs> faces these days but uh, but uh, let me ask you a question here what does Lord uh, how, uh, like what style do you say your music is when somebody asks what kind of music does Lord play yeah it's a hard question because it, it's very hard it look it depends on who who asks and where I am because if like uh, two weeks ago I was in in uh, in America in the United States and I went to Prog Power the, right. the festival there and ah, so the people that yes. asked me about the band there I told them that we played power metal because ah, a lot of the okay. people there were either progressive metal fans or power metal fans and I knew that if I said power metal Got then it. it's a lot easier for people to relate to it and, and for a lot of people be interested as well so instead of me trying to is- explain that we're a metal band but we've got all these different elements, et cetera, et cetera. And you can see people lose interest <laughs> very quickly because it sounds <laughs> it sounds too complicated. Uh, but, right. yeah, so in, in that setting, I, I, I more or less said that we were a power metal band. But in other, other places, I'll just say that we're a heavy metal band. And, you know, when I say heavy metal, a lot of people might just think of bands like Man of War. <laughs> Which is fine, <laughs> but we but we don't sound anything like them. But that's okay. But uh, I I just I try and just say we're a metal band, and then if 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 somebody wants to ask more questions about the sound, then I usually try and uh, name a number of bands that we sound like, and that's usually a lot easier for me to instead of giving a genre. So. I, right, I right. will say, look, uh, I play a metal band and we sound like a mixture of Queensryche, Halloween, Iron Maiden, a bit of Symphony X, etc. And then, and then you can see people go, oh, wow, I love those bands. I might, I might like your stuff. And so that usually is a lot easier for me to do it that way than trying to explain, <laughs> explain what genre we're meant to be. Uh, but yeah, it, it definitely depends on on the on the setting, like the the place and and the people that you speak to. But um, I. With Albatross, what you mentioned before, what was the what was the, the genre of metal that you call yourselves? Horror metal, uh, <laughs> uh, simply because simply because uh, the theme of the band is we write horror stories and yeah. I mean uh, we express these horror stories through metal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, uh, so what we have done is we have removed the musical element from the genre tag. And what we have added is the lyrical content, which remains constant across albums. And so while you might hear the sound, <laughs> uh, while you might hear the sound evolve over album, our basic template is that uh, we'll have horror stories told through metal, and it doesn't matter whether it is heavy metal or power metal or I, I mean borderline death metal or thrash metal. I, I mean this is uh, the lyrical content is going to be constant. uh, Similarly with Primitive, we call ourselves Stone Age Metal simply because the idea was to form an old school band, much on the lines of Sabbath. But uh, 
uh, we were joking among ourselves that uh, uh, what we will do is we'll form a band which is older than old school, so it becomes primitive. Okay. And the whole idea <laughs> is, is pretty awful <laughs> as a joke. <laughs> Black Sabbath from the Stone Age. <laughs> and uh, the lyrics also, I, I mean, the lyrics began, began to reflect. Uh, it's about primitive man. Yeah. And I mean, just for kicks, we've introduced uh, like gods that, gods and robots who inhabit this world with primitive man oh, and cool. man basically gets screwed in every scenario <laughs> <laughs> oh that's really cool i i think it's a i think for both bands it's very smart that you've you created your own style and and the way that you tell people and and describe it i think it helps people become interested in the music because if you say you know stone age metal or horror metal then people go, well, what is that? And then they're intrigued to, to have a listen to see exactly what it what it is. Whereas, yeah, you could say, oh, well, we're a thrash metal band. So instantly, if someone says they're a thrash metal band, then I think of, oh, then they must sound like Megadeth or Anthrax or Creator <laughs> or Destruction or all these bands. And if right. you don't if you don't like any of those bands, then you probably wouldn't try try and listen to it. Or same with power metal or any any genre. So I think it's I think you're very smart with uh, with both bands and having a unique uh, unique description of of the music. That's really cool. Uh, the, but uh, the thing is, there's apparently a very underground niche kind of movement or metal in certain parts of the world. And the bands which do play this kind of music sound nothing like us. It was brought to our notice much after the band was formed. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that, uh, I mean, they were like, oh, expected you to sound like this horror metal band, but you sound nothing like it. You sound more like King Diamond, who's a proto-borderline something power metal band and I'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> that's alright it just means that you uh, you have to you have to start a new trend you have to you, you can you can lead the way and and, uh, and then people will associate the genre with you instead of uh, those other bands so <laughs> it's good hopefully <laughs> <laughs> hey um, I've, I've got a very um, a very ran- a very unusual question for you and I think okay. I, I hope you know what I'm talking about but there's a there's a a series okay. of videos on YouTube that are called How to Talk Australian. Have you seen them? I have. Uh, the ones in which uh, Indians uh, behave like Australians. <laughs> yes. Um, it, it, was, uh, it was weird to say the least. I mean, someone linked me to them and, uh, and they're a little bit weird. Uh, what's your take on them? What do I think of them? Yeah. Yeah, I think that they're they're really funny. They're they're great. They're really really good. <laughs> they're um, it's uh, all the jokes in the videos are very uh, they're very stereotypical of of uh, your Australian person. So if you're thinking of stereotypes, if you think of someone from a particular country, they've right. they've done it very well. It very. <laughs> Very, very well. It's very funny. I watched all the videos and, and I showed a lot of friends and we were all laughing. It was, it was really good. It was just a, a really, I'm just trying to think of the way to describe it. The way that they've done it is just very good sense of humour. And it's it's this type of humour that I think a lot of people in Australia like and, and have that type of humour. And then having that with the association of them trying to be Australian is, is really funny. It's it's really, really funny. Is that is that something that... A, like a lot of people in in India would have seen, or or is it something more that probably just uh, Australians have seen? 
I am guessing more Australian person has seen it because I, I someone had linked that video to me, uh, but this was in the middle of something I was doing. So I I remember I saw half of it, but I really couldn't get into the series. <laughs> I I am actually the wrong person to answer this, <laughs> but uh, I I probably have to go back and check them out. I'll have to um. When I put this uh, this episode online, I'll I'll put a few links to the videos so people can check them out if they don't know what we're talking about. But um, I just when I was I was quickly chatting to you on Facebook before we before I gave you a call. That was that was one of the right. first things that came to my mind. I thought, oh, I've got to ask him about this. <laughs> it's, <laughs> which is I'm sure I'm sure there's I mean clearly there's a lot of better things to talk about. But uh, <laughs> I just I, it was just it's one thing that's just stuck in my head, and I just I just love the sense of humor, and and um, it, it just seems to be like just when I met you guys, when you guys came over and played here in Australia and a lot of other people that I've met from India as well. And I and like, I'm sure it's the same everywhere. Not everybody has the same sense of humour, but um, you all Absolutely. seem to be very, I think you're very similar to Australians in a way, or the, you guys that I've met and people that I've spoken to online and other people that I've met in the, over the years, a lot of Indians have a very similar sense of humour to Australians. You're very, very laid back, I think. You're very... Uh, I'm just trying to think of a very the best word to describe it. It's very hard to describe, but uh, it's it's not it's not a serious sense of humour. It's just a very uh, light heart light hearted uh, sense of humour. It's 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 really good. Uh, I, this depends on which Indian talking to because we have certain uh, sections of India who burn buses and cars <laughs> if they're offended. And their god uh, <laughs> is offended. Uh, but uh, speaking of, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking just, of racial, uh, tell me. No, I was just going to say, don't worry. We have a lot of dickhead Australians as well who do a lot of bad things or crazy <laughs> things. So it's okay. We're we're even. It's fine. <laughs> no, sorry. Continue. Uh, and uh, I, I, I was saying, uh, speaking of racial stereotypes, I remember when we had come over to Australia. You had impersonated uh, Sahil from Headbangers uh, Kitchen. <laughs> like, <laughs> can you do that? Because uh, ever since I told him that you had done it, he's very uh, curious to check, uh, you out, he, uh, check he'll probably, out how it's done. You'll probably want to fight me if I do it and he hears me. No, <laughs> I, look, it wasn't the stereotype. I was just mimicking his voice from his Headbangers Kitchen video. But <laughs> he was talking about He was talking about bacon bombs. <laughs> And he said, um, uh, I, can't, I can't remember the sentence, but, but it, whenever he said bacon bombs, he said bacon bombs. <laughs> and, it was, and, and it was so funny. It was, and, and I was actually, I, I was watching some of his videos the other day, um, his Headbanger right. Kitchen videos, and he had um, the, the guys from Fear Factory. And yes. I hadn't listened to him talk for so long and I played the video and he started talking and I just laughed. I just I just love his accent. It's just so it's so thick and it's just ah oh, it's it's fantastic. I love it. And I just I I wasn't expecting it because I hadn't heard his voice for so long. And then I played the video and he started speaking and he just seemed really excited that he was meeting uh Burton and and uh, Dino from Fear Factory and I just the excitement mixed with the accent. I just oh, I laughed so hard. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. He's such a good guy. I'll, I'll, I really love that guy. He's great. But, but could you uh, do the voice again? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love my bacon bombs. 
That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't. I hope someone doesn't like record a bit of this and then uh, and then sample it somewhere or keep playing it somewhere. But that's okay. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll listen to this, and I'll make sure that I put a few uh, Headbangers Kitchen episodes in on the website as well, so people can <laughs> check that out. But uh, he's. Um, I think between between you and him with Sahil, I think you both seem right. to be very very active in in the metal scene in India and I think a lot of people know who you both are especially Sahil but I think for both of you you even you when I watch what you post on Facebook and a lot of people interact with you and talk to you and you seem to be somebody that's very well connected and within the local Indian metal scene and and definitely Sahil as well with all of his um you know his band Demonic Resurrection and uh, and uh, all these other projects. He's got so many things going on, and I think between the both of you, you, you seem to take a take up a large chunk of the Indian metal scene. Uh, the, the thing about the Indian metal scene is, I mean, uh, all the interaction that you see on these updates are. Uh, I, I, there's a lot of interaction unless you say, "Please buy your CD from this link," yeah. and then suddenly <laughs> you hear crickets. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> but, the same everywhere. Uh, it's the same in Australia as well. <laughs> it's exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he, yeah, I mean, he's been around forever. Uh, when I started out, uh, I started playing uh, for actively for bands in 2004, I believe. Mm. And he was already an established kind of uh, figure back then. He was the first guy who in India who probably came up with a nickname for him. He calls himself the Demon Stealer. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, and uh, yes, I mean, uh, he's been part of so many, uh, Sile has been part of so many bands over the years that uh, each of them from a different, uh, uh, like, they play a different style of music. So each one of them has their own following and uh, he's also very outspoken about a lot of uh, political issues and, you know, every <laughs> India has around uh, 30,000 gods, if I'm not mistaken, mm. and each one of them... <laughs> And uh, there are a lot of these religious ceremonies which happen on the road and uh, I mean there's uh, like disruption of public life and traffic and I think Sahil gets uh, like very annoyed with those disturbances and he puts up statuses which have a lot of uh, interaction on them. So, so <laughs> there's, there's, there's 30,000 gods and he's had 30,000 status updates about each god and, and how, much it, <laughs> how much each one annoys him. <laughs> I think there there are some primary gods. I mean, because the country is so big and like one god is worshipped in every part of the country. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we don't have to deal with all 30,000 of them at <laughs> one stretch. But <laughs> yeah, until yesterday, there was, uh, I, I mean, the elephant god. Uh, there's a god called Ganesh mm, who yep. has the face of an elephant. Yeah. And uh, I mean, he's quite... He's the, uh, the god in Bombay, and for ten days there are. Uh, I, I mean, they celebrate the festival, and uh, <laughs> one of the biggest parts of the festival is the sending away of the god. So they are immersed in water bodies, uh-huh. and there's this huge procession which takes them to the sea, causing a lot of disruption of public life and everything. I mean, while it might sound exotic to you, it becomes 
horrible for people <laughs> out here. But, <laughs> Uh, I can. There's if, Bollywood blaring on uh, speakers and everything. So like, yes, we are all still reading from it. Oh, uh, I I remember so, um, a few years ago, uh, the Pope came to Sydney. This is uh, I can't remember, probably six or seven years ago, and it was chaos. There was there was about half a million people just in the middle of the city in the in the in the central part uh where i took you guys and it was right. just chaos it was just it was just incredible how many people were there and and for a lot of people who were christian there was the, it was the greatest day of their lives they were loving it and it was fantastic but for the rest of us we hated it it was horrible it was it was <laughs> it was really disruptive a lot of chaos a lot of traffic and and uh, a lot of cancellations of different things and it was very very uh, inconvenient but uh, i guess you know i mean for us it, it's it was just a one time and he will probably or the Pope will never come back again for a few decades. But I guess for you guys, it, it uh, happens multiple times a year with, with each of each of these gods or the, the more popular ones anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's become a way of life. I mean, I, I mean uh, what we have done right now is we have offended religious people in both our countries. So might as well like, go all out. <laughs> I was going to ask you actually because I remember uh, when you guys came over and I think I asked a question about Mm -hmm. all the gods and and you said uh, Bipro, you know, Believes in in a in a couple of the gods or something like that, but for for the rest of you guys, you you guys didn't really believe in in uh, in any of any of the the gods that are that are worshipped. Is is that was that right that I can remember? Uh, I I'm guessing I can't speak for everybody, but I mean none of us. I mean Bipro, uh, while he might be uh, very spirit, uh, I mean he's spiritually inclined and he does believe in God. He's not. Uh, I mean, he won't force his beliefs down other people's throats, mm. uh, which most of the country is guilty of. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I <laughs> I would say that, uh, I mean, there are different sections and, uh, I mean, I uh, without getting into specifics, uh, I, I mean, there's the more educated crowd which does not believe in creating spectacles on the road. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, there's a bigger, uh, I, a lot of India is not educated and uh, they do become a nuisance at times. So I, I mean, it's a bigger problem for Sahil than it is for me because his house is right next to the beach. Uh. He lives right by the beach. <laughs> and hence, I mean, all the status updates about these gods arise from that because every single god is immersed into the sea right next to his house. <laughs> and this, <laughs> Yeah. And this is accompanied by loud Bollywood music and dancing and like drunk people on the road. Oh, so, yeah. so, he, so no, no peace and quiet. <laughs> no peace and quiet, at least for a while. I, uh, the next festival that's coming up is the festival of crackers. Uh, oh. It's called Diwali. Yeah. So, <laughs> is it, what, crackers a lot of firecrackers. Oh, firecrackers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Firecrackers and like every kind of firecrackers. So there'll be rockets in the sky and there'll be more terrestrial uh, <laughs> firecrackers, which. Uh, uh, and some of them are uh, loud. So, like you can't even drown them out if you're listening to loud music in your phone <laughs> house. <laughs> uh, well, 
Uh, That'll probably lead me into my next question because I was just going to say I I know for you guys it's uh, you know it's a way of life and and can be quite annoying at times but I'd love to I'd love to experience at least some of these festivals at least once just to see how how big it is and how chaotic and and noisy and and full of energy it is but um, when whether I come over for a holiday or or if Lord tours where. Where do you think the best places would would be to go in in India? If if um, okay, first of all, if I if I come over for a holiday, where where should I go? Uh, it depends on what kind of experience you're looking at. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, a few years ago, Albatross was invited to play in a city called Varanasi. Varanasi is in the north of India, and it's considered the holy city for the Hindu religion. And uh, uh, I mean, while uh, I, I mean, I did ma- mention some of the inconveniences on the road. Uh, it's nothing compared to a city devoted to religion. So I, I mean, it was exotic even for us. Like people from Bo- even for people from Bombay, we found uh, the experience to be uh, a little more than we could take at that point in time. <laughs> so if you're looking for a hardcore, <laughs> yeah, and it's pretty crazy. I mean, full marks to people. A lot of people believe in faith and uh, I mean, they queue outside temples for hours and hours. But at the same time, I mean, I don't want to make fun of them because I have done the same thing when Iron Maiden came to India for the first time. So uh, it's pretty, it's, Pretty much the same thing, but if you had to visit somewhere in India, uh, you, because India is such a big country, you can have a variety of experiences. You can have, uh, you can visit the mountains of the north, uh, the Himalayas, uh, which are uh, the highest uh, uh, mountain peaks in the world. And uh, while uh, Mount Everest is yeah. not in India, it's right, it's it's in Nepal, but uh, the same mountain range throughout India and uh, you can have that kind of mountain trekking experience. At the same time, there's this place called Goa, which is frequented by a lot of uh, people from Australia. They come for vacations. It's the beach destination in India. Uh, At the same time, you have, I mean, there are a lot of people who convert to the uh, Hindu way of life and they visit uh, different uh, religious centers around the country. So, there's a place I mentioned, Varanasi. Uh, there are many other places in India which are uh, I, uh, supposed holy places. Uh, you have something called a Shivling. So uh, Shiva is supposed to be the Indian god of destruction. And I mean, he's quite a badass. He has uh, snakes around his throat. Like a <laughs> Shiva idol will have. Yeah, that that sounds cool. And uh, there are uh, different uh, places where he's worshipped. These places are called Shivling. Uh, Shivling basically uh, denotes the phallus of this god. <laughs> okay. So basically, we are worshipping. <laughs> there are people who travel half the country to worship his phallus. He's that much of a badass. <laughs> and if an Australian, Austra- you're saying it so politely, and if an Australian would say it, they'd be just worshipping the dick. <laughs> I could have said that. I'm trying to be as politically correct as possible. Like, I'll give you... <laughs> I, I try not to speak about politics and religion because, I mean, there are so many people who are sensitive about these things. And uh, especially with politics in India, they should be because we have had... I mean, if 
practically every politician who's come to power uh, has been corrupt so far and i don't have an in-depth knowledge of uh, the indian political system i don't vote so i try not to give my relig- uh, my uh, I, i try not to offer my religion uh, my uh, opinions on religion or on politics <laughs> but uh, well, as uh, smart, probably a know, smart as, move Yeah, it, <laughs> there was this recent case where an atheist was shot dead in uh, the southern part of India. So I'm like, maybe I should keep some of my opinions to wow. myself as this interview progresses. Yeah, But <laughs> well, I, I, I'm guessing that was a one-off, like unless I'm killed by the, the end of the night. hoping it was a one off <laughs> i hope so too i hope so well look it, hey who knows i mean this uh this podcast interview could could be listened to by quite a few people in india so we'll we'll uh, we'll behave we'll we'll, we'll, we'll... yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's do that <laughs> well look um and and i guess the second part of that question is uh if we did come over and play if lord came over and played in india where or or any metal band that wants to come to india and play wh- where are the places where are the cities that uh that a metal band should play where are the best places this is how it works in india uh, the touring circuit does not really exist so i mean while there are different venues in uh, various parts of the country uh, you can't just like book a tour uh, Uh, you know over a week so uh, what you have to essentially do is uh, and most bands who come to india uh, for example hammerfall hammerfall had come to india in 2009 i believe and uh, they were invited by a college so what happens is there are these independent colleges who have their college festivals and they uh invite they generally i mean there are a lot of metalheads in every college and they get together and they invite their favorite band so i mean we had hammerfall come to india that way we had uh, uh, we uh, we had a pretty popular australian band uh, come over i'm not really into their music but uh, i think they're quite big in india they're called carnival Yep, kind of, uh, yeah, they're a big they're they're pretty popular band in Australia as well. Very different style of music, but uh but very popular. Yes, and uh, I I think they uh, come to India practically every year. Similarly, I think Parkway Drive had come down once. So, I mean, these were all college festivals who had invited these bands over. Uh the only bands uh, so these are uh, i i would say uh, that if lord has to come to india in the future it will probably be one of these college festivals the, uh, now the, the funny thing about a lot of these colleges is that they are not in uh, uh, you know the more cosmopolitan cities because there is there might be one such such college which calls uh, an international band over in bombay and one in delhi but uh, i mean we have played some uh, college festivals as well Uh, we played uh, like i told you we played in the holy city of varanasi uh, we played uh, one uh, college festival there and it's not generally i mean no other metal festivals happen it's not part of the regular you know uh, uh, like it's not an active metal city yeah. so to speak similarly um, there is uh, goa the beach place i just told you about and we have played one college festival there uh so you have pub shows happening in cities like bombay bangalore delhi calcutta hyderabad uh, chennai which are the major cities around the country uh, you have pub shows happening there and shows happen on a regular basis 
you have college shows happening at a lot of smaller cities around the country and but they are few and far between and they generally invite like one indian band to open for an international band they call down so you'll have to try and see and somebody else etc uh that's generally happening uh, so a lot of uh, i'll have to start uh talking to a lot of uh, colleges then absolutely i am they are the only guys with the kind of budget that is required um because I, a few days ago i think halloween had uh, i mean they're come to uh, to the northeast of india which is uh, uh, like uh removed from where we are we are at the western end of india and they are at the extreme eastern end uh, so halloween was playing there and they wanted to tour other parts of india as well and i mean the offer was i think pretty reasonable by uh, you know uh, by european and australian standards but at the same time it was too much for any uh, independent indian organizer to uh, promote to get them down yeah uh, so it generally uh, it depends on these colleges to like uh, they are the only ones with the budget to call these bands down Well, I'll have to I'll have to keep searching for colleges all over India and see if we can <laughs> if we can find one who who uh, who likes us enough. I remember uh, very early in the piece, so two or three years ago, uh, not long after we met, right. uh, there was one college. Uh, it was a, a technology college uh, in northern India, and I can't remember the name of the the city, but it started with K. and um okay and and the organizer or the person we spoke to quite a bit on email and it looked very very good and what they were their proposal was that they would pay for half of the travel costs okay. and then they would contact okay. the Australian embassy for the Australian embassy to pay the other half and apparently they went to the Australian embassy and uh our embassy basically said to piss off and 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 they weren't interested so they said oh look we can't your your embassy isn't interested in supporting you and I went oh okay <laughs> fair enough so I might have to dig through some old emails and see if I can contact that person again and we can try again because uh that was probably the most promising one uh out of all the people that we've spoken to um as far as promoters go that that person we spoke to for quite a number of months and and uh when the australian embassy didn't want to didn't want to help uh we, it it all it all stopped right there so maybe we can try again maybe there's some different people working at the embassy now that that like a bit of uh, australian heavy metal uh yeah two things there i mean why they spoke about the embassy is uh, a lot of these colleges they bring down uh, a lot of european folk metal acts and they are supported by the scandinavian embassy uh, because it's also part of their culture mm. so i believe i believe enciferum is a band from there and yep. they have come down to bombay yeah so and so enciferum was supported by uh, the like which uh, i'm not sure which country they're from but i mean i was told by the college that uh, the embassy had paid, paid a fair amount of the cost that uh, uh, they had borne and uh, uh, the second thing is you probably can't get in touch with this guy again because these guys finish their course and they move on to yeah. other things in life <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> very, very very good points i didn't think of that yeah he would be uh, he'll be long gone now oh well never mind i maybe i can i can find the name <laughs> of the university and and uh, 
or the, the college and see if uh, see if uh, anybody else is there. But I guess it it does come down to who organises the music and and what what styles of music they like. I guess that's probably the the hardest thing is to find somebody who likes that style of music and is likes likes the band. Absolutely, man. Like uh, like uh, when Albatross had just begun, we were slotted into the classic heavy metal category because there was nobody who sounded classic heavy metal in the country. Everybody was just playing extreme forms of metal at that point in time. And uh, when I mean when Bipro started singing, uh, when Bipro basically started singing, I mean, we used to get messages messages on Facebook saying. Uh, where are the growls, bro? You know, W E R R D G R O W L Z B R whatever B R zero. Yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, well, look. It's. I think it's something that I'll. I'll. I'll have to. Have to start looking into again because it seems to be the best. The best way to to get over there and. But um, as I said before, I think uh, when we when we look to tour overseas again, maybe we can just uh, make a make a quick stop over in, in Mumbai and and uh, and just do a, a small pub show and uh, and uh, before we keep moving on to the next country, and that's probably going to be the cheapest way of us coming to India, and then and then that might open the doors, and then we can come back again and and play play something bigger. So, but uh, we'll we'll see what the future holds. I'm sure, man. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I, isn't this call costing you a fortune? Because <laughs> it's been over. <laughs> I, I'm a little worried. <laughs> Don't worry uh, about me. It's worth the investment. But I'll I'll ask you one more question, and then I'll I'll wrap it up. And then right. yeah, and then I I need to I probably need to to go to bed soon anyway. But um, so. Can you tell me, and I guess for people that that listen to this who aren't from India, what's the what's the best beer or what's the best alcohol to drink in India? If you're going to India and you want to have some alcohol or at at least some beer, what's what's the best drinks to have? It's not beer. Uh, <laughs> okay, to be very honest, uh, like Indian beer is shit, I, if, <laughs> and. <laughs> uh, this is this is, uh, was pretty much proved by that. Uh, like when we had come to Australia, the highlight. Even though we loved playing to uh, you know like to uh, the Australian audience, the absolute highlight for us was Australian beer. I mean, nothing nothing comes close. Uh, Indian beer is shit in comparison. <laughs> Although, uh, <laughs> but uh, one. Uh, Drink which is quite popular with most of the bands who tour India is uh, this uh, kind of rum called Old Monk. Old Monk, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You don't get that in other parts of the world. And uh, uh, do you know Wolf, the Swedish heavy metal band? So when they had, uh, I mean, uh, they they had played a festival in India and we were the opening act. And uh, I, I mean, we had uh, got a lot of uh, Indian alcohol for them. We had purchased a lot of Indian alcohol for them. And the only thing they all drank throughout was Old Monk Rum. That was all they had for the, <laughs> like for the, through the evening. It's quite horrible. It gives you a hangover, but I guess it's... That is the Indian experience. <laughs> uh, so, if you want a true true Indian experience, you have to have old monk. Old monk rum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. 
Oh, well, okay, man. Well, I'll let you go because I know that uh, you probably got a lot of work to do. So thanks for taking the time to have a chat to me and uh, I'll have all the links uh, to all the Albatross stuff, Primitive. I'll put a bunch of stuff for, for uh, Sahil on there as well, just because I, I was uh, I was teasing him before. So I better do I better I better do the, the the nice thing and put some links in there for him as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be great if we can cut that bit out and make a remix video, like you had said. Oh, just with me <laughs> saying bacon bomb over and over again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with some background music, with some, yeah. Maybe, maybe with some, maybe some Bollywood music in the background. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <totally>. <laughs> or a mixture of that and some <laughs> demonic resurrection music or something like that. We can do a really, really crazy remix of, of all those sounds with uh, the Bacon Bomb mix. <laughs> <laughs> Totally, man. Oh, cool, man. Well, uh, thanks so much, man. And uh, take care and uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thank you for calling. It was great to catch up. And uh, I should have done this before, but congratulations on uh, getting engaged. I haven't spoken since then. So congratulations on that and congratulations on your new house. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Rijo. I appreciate it. And we'll speak soon, man. Cool, man. My boss has called me some 10 times. <laughs> Call him back. Okay. At this point. <laughs> All right. Cool, man. See you, Rijo. See you, man. Thank you guys and gals. I hope you enjoyed that. It was a really cool episode and um, I had a lot of fun talking to Riju. That was actually the first time that I've spoken to him since uh, we saw each other when they were in Australia a few years ago. So it was really cool just to catch up and uh, be able to speak over the phone and talk about a whole range of things. So it was really, really cool and, and I hope people enjoyed it and uh, didn't get too scared off by uh, by the thick accent. And uh, I must say, um, I guess probably just a little bit of a, a side comment. I, I I know a lot of people or I've met a lot of people in my travels that tend to zone out or glaze over when uh, somebody has got a thick accent and you have to be a little bit more attentive initially to to try and understand what somebody's saying. I think if people are just show a bit more patience and give themselves a few minutes just to you know adjust and and, and listen, um, you'll be very surprised at uh, how clear everything becomes. And uh, and I do hope that uh, a lot of people uh, listened to that episode and enjoyed it and got something out of it. And a big hello to all my friends in India. I've got uh, so many people from India on Facebook, it's not funny. Um, and the fact that we haven't played there yet is a bit silly. So we're, we're trying our best to get over there. It's not an easy place to get to um uh, especially from a from a financial point of view but uh look there are opportunities there and we'll do our best to, to try and get it over there in the near future and, and it's a big positive that we've got great people like Riju there and Sahil and, and a few other guys there that are that really make the whole uh thought of going there seem uh, very attractive and, and enticing. So it'll definitely be a bucket list country for us to go to as a band to be able to experience and play. So hopefully it'll happen soon. But I guess uh, to all those all those friends of mine from India that uh, that I talk to often on Facebook and, and interact with, you know, if you if you guys want us over there, just keep spreading the word, keep telling people about us, and uh, and we'll we'll do what I can, what we can, what we can to get over there ASAP. If you want to catch up with uh, Riju, contact him, tell him uh, that you like the episode. 
don't contact him if you're a dickhead and want to say something uh, inappropriate. Well, you can, but I mean, I'd prefer you not to. If uh, you want to check out his music, you can contact him through both of his bands. So you've got Albatross. The best websites are probably the Facebook pages. So you've got facebook.com slash Albatross India, all one word. Um, They've also got a SoundCloud page and that's soundcloud.com slash Albatross Horror, all one word. Um, For his newer band, Primitive, uh, Facebook page is facebook.com slash Primitive Band. That's spelled P-R-I-M-I-T-I-V-B-A-N-D. They've also got a SoundCloud page, which is soundcloud.com slash Primitive India, which is P-R-I-M-I-T-I-V-I-N-D. D-I-A. There's plenty of I's in there. If you don't catch that, you're driving at the moment or you're doing something where you just can't write those things down, don't fret. You can go straight to my website, andysocial.net. All the links will be in the show notes, including uh, all the things that we discussed. I'll try and find some uh, some additional uh, pictures and things to place in there, but I'll also have uh, some video links to the uh, How to Talk Australian videos that I was quizzing Riju about and also the Headbangers Kitchen stuff that uh, our friend Sahil uh, puts together in, and actually really, really cool. And I, and actually, Sahil, I know you're listening now, so uh, let's, let's hook up a podcast episode sometime in the in the near future and we'll uh, we'll, we'll uh, talk about everything that you do because uh, you're definitely a busy guy. That's about it. Next episode is going to be on, not another in-between episode, but it's going to be a bit of a recap of my trip to the States from a couple of weeks ago. I went over for the Prog Power USA Festival via a couple of other cities to do a bit of promo work for the band, get the name out there and do a bit of schmoozing. A very successful uh, trip away and uh, a lot of a lot of good times. I actually wrote a blog before I left uh, giving a bit of context as to what my trip was about and had every intention to do regular blog updates as I was away, but uh, as I'm sure a lot of people can relate to when uh, you've got a lack of sleep and a lot of alcohol consumption, you tend to get distracted a little bit and uh, not stay on task. So I am so I'm definitely going to make up for it by doing a dedicated episode to my US trip. And I'll run through all that by blow by blow. Hopefully not too boring. I'll try and uh, summarize as much as I can and, and try and make it as interesting as possible. After that, I've got a couple more episodes that are almost in the bag. Looking forward to them. Two very cool uh, guests that I'll have on and just two more that I've managed to tick off the list uh, of, of quite a large number of people that I've got written down in my little notebook here. So it's actually quite exciting to to have a look and, and look at all the people that I've, I've got here. And it's definitely a cool thing to realise that, uh, and I think it's probably the same with a lot of people, you, you don't realise how many amazing people you really associate yourselves yourself with until you really sit back and, and have a look and, and see what people do and what they're interested in and what their passions are and, and whatnot. And the, the next few episodes are really going to highlight that. And I mean, they already have up until now, but they'll continue to do so in the future. And, and it's not about the the big names. And I'll, I'll have a few as, as we go along down the track. I've got a few uh, really good friends that I'd love to have on that uh, a lot of people will know. But uh, the big thing about this podcast is really just to to talk to people that I know and they may not be as well known, but there'll be people that have got a story to tell and something interesting to say. And as I said in the first episode, it might just trigger a thought or give 
you a little bit of inspiration to do something positive in your life, whether that be for yourself or for, or for somebody else. So really liking where this thing's going at the moment and hopefully it continues on. And uh, and a massive thank you for everybody that's continuing to listen and, and enjoying what we're doing. Um, and finally, before I wrap it up, please go to iTunes if you're an iTunes user. Please give me some ratings. Make up some fake reviews. Just do something to make my uh, podcast jump up the charts. I'd love to see it right up there high in the charts. I know it's going to be uh, months or probably years away before it really sort of gets some traction. And I know it will. I've, I've, uh, I've, I've, got a, I've got a good feeling about this and I'm going to continue to push it along. Hopefully it, uh, it continues to go in that direction. But uh, please, if you can spare a few minutes, get in there and, and do a review and, and a rating. And, uh, and if, if you don't use uh, Apple, then jump on the Facebook page and please just go and like and comment on as much stuff as you can on that page because Facebook sucks. They're absolute assholes when it comes to posts and how many people see these posts. I mean, for example, our band page has got 20,000 plus fans on it, but every time we make a post, we're really reaching anywhere between 300 and 2,000 people per post. So we're shooting ourselves, well, not shooting ourselves in the foot, but we're, you know, we're really being disadvantaged by not being able to connect with all those people who actually went out of their way to like our page and want, wanting to know what uh, what we're up to. So it's very difficult to try and maintain contact with uh, with people via that platform these days. So uh, yeah, if you're not not an Apple user, then jump over to um, to Facebook and just give me a bit a bit of activity on there. Comment, like, share stuff, and uh, and that'll definitely help as well. Get the name out there. And look, as far as uh, Android, I have no idea how that stuff works. So if there's any rating systems for podcasts and whatever, then I will appreciate anything that uh, that you guys can do. Um, and if you've got any tips of how to make this uh, bigger and better and how to get it out to more people, then please shoot me a message uh, or leave a message on, on the Facebook page or there's a there's a contact form on the on the web page on my website as well. Um, and, and let me know. I'm, I'm all ears. I'm, I'm really, really interested in some creative, uh, creative ideas of, of uh, how to get there get the name out there more and get more people listening. And uh, if there's particular things that you think will be of benefit, I'm all ears. Whether or not I take on that advice is another thing, but I am very much open to any ideas. You just never know. So anyway, enough rambling. Thank you very much again for listening and I will see you very soon. Ta-ta. You're ready.